This is one of the conversations I have, especially with these business people. How are you measuring success? Because everybody says, I want to be successful, but they haven't looked at what you just asked. Like, like how do I know I'm successful? And well, most of them, they, they, you know, especially in our Western culture, this isn't true all over the world. You go to indigenous populations, that's not how it is there. But, you know, the Western educated population this worship this brain mind. And, you know, when I was in school, nobody taught me about intuition. If they said anything, they said, well, women are intuitive and men aren't. That was about it. <laughs> but there's more. We now know there's more intelligence in the gut and in, in the heart than there is in the brain. There's more synapses. There's more, you know, so if we can connect with that. We're going to get much better answers and direction. So that's inside out. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Live Boldly podcast with Sarah Shelton Kranz. This is an inspiring podcast for those seeking proven ways of healing, growing, and transcending their lives. I'm a legendary leader in healing, acclaimed author, keynote, and TEDx speaker, a mom, an adventurer, and a believer in all things possible. My mission is to guide others to live their life boldly, regardless of circumstances. I believe we all have the power to overcome and lead joy-filled, happy lives. Recorded from the trail or in my office, every other week I share inspiring stories from everyday people because we all deserve to be heard. You will also hear from hand-picked professionals ready to guide you beside me. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Live Boldly with Sarah. Today I have on my dear friend, Terry Tillman. He is like the godfather of the type of work that I am doing today. He's like truly has created this foundation for taking people into the wild and helping them to develop this sense of leadership, belonging, and who they are. Terry was once introduced as a, quote, recovered businessman, unquote, who has successfully navigated the mystical journey from miserable millionaire to spiritual awakening. And another time as, okay, I love this one, quote, a fusion of Merlin and Peter Pan, unquote. I love that because it truly is, that's who he is. His specialties, since 1977, he's worked internationally with people and organizations to wake up enthused about the day, who doesn't want more of that, and go to bed fulfilled, yes please. Seminars, public speaking and coaching, leadership, team building, communication, lifestyle balance, health and healing, stress reduction, culture integration, spiritual foundation. He was in his 101st country in early 2022. That's a lot of countries. Before that, he did type A, he was type A workaholic entrepreneur, starting and growing and investing in companies in real estate development, real estate brokerage, construction, network TV. Okay, so pretty much he's done it all. Um, so Terry is over 80. He is remarkable. Uh, I, I strive, I thrive to really truly live in this way of being that he is. It was such an incredible conversation about everything from aging to just the work that we both do. And I really, I know, I know that y'all are going to love this episode as much as I loved sitting with him and having this conversation. It was like being across the table from your best friend that you just met and diving deep into everything about life. So go grab your journals and listen to this. Now, also, I want to remind you that we have a retreat coming up in July. It is Florence Williams and I, we are doing another retreat this year in the San Juan Mountains. It sold out last year. It's all women. Uh, go into my website, Sarah at, actually, sarahsholtoncrans.com, sorry. Email me at sarah at sarahsholtoncrans.com and let's see if it's the right fit for you. 
It is an incredible retreat, diving three nights, diving into the end of July, diving into personal work and nature healing and forest therapy and just really immersing yourself in the space of the mountains and uh, being able to create the life that you ultimately are craving, right? So email me and let's get you in. Let's see if it's the right fit for you. Again, it's all women. And yes, I believe it's limited to 12. um, And we are starting to fill up already. So with that, I want you to enjoy this episode. Please send it to your friends because it is such a good one. Tag me within your social media, spread it into the world. We've got a lot of amazing things happening over here on the podcast. So please also start paying attention to my social media, especially Instagram at Sarah Shelton Kranz. And uh, if you're on LinkedIn, find me there as well. We're going to be announcing some really, really cool stuff pretty soon. And I'm beyond excited to say that. It's hard keeping a secret when it's like a really cool, good secret. Um, I don't keep secrets. And so this is a hard one. So I want to share it with all. And I will really soon. So don't miss out because there's a lot of cool stuff happening. Enjoy this episode. Terry, well, we've already been jamming for 30 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. I am so excited to have you on this podcast episode because you are, this is the conversation that I had with you when I first jumped on and met you, you've blazed the trail for people like me to do this work that I'm doing with people today. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you and to dive in. It's just so great to meet you. Yeah, well, we've already been conversing for a while and you know i didn't want to stop i know i was like wait we have to bring other people into this conversation we have to record this fine let's let's see let's see what happens (laughs) okay we will uh so i want to start with um there's just so much to dive into with you i was reading uh an article before we jumped on as well um you how old are you i'm 80 which is amazing (laughs) um i know it makes no sense well, we were talking it's a, about how, it's a stage to age, like the, the number, it just doesn't, I don't get it. I don't get it either. I don't get it either. And uh, we were talking, the reason I asked that is because like I told you, my mom passed away just this summer. Um, she was 83. And mm-hmm. the conversations that I would always have with her is I feel like I'm getting younger with age. And I truly believe, I do believe that I am. I don't believe that I'm necessarily aging, quote. Uh, and a part of that is because of the work that I do and also stepping out of my comfort zone and going into nature and doing this, the wilderness work that I do. And I want to dive, there's so much, I want to dive into that, your work that you've done with people. I want to dive into how you healed yourself from paralysis and mm-hmm. uh, and also um, just simply having the conversation about life with you because Literally 30 minutes just went by and I feel like it was five minutes. Right. So everybody grab your journals because this is going to be a good one. This is going to be a good one. Well, we'll see. You never know where it's going to go. It's always where it's meant to. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you. Uh, what got you into this work? You used to be a businessman and uh, tell us a little bit about your past. Well, I shortened some of the beginning because it's, too boring and typical. <laughs> I was, uh, uh, you know, maybe the all-American boy. I, I was president of the class. I was straight-A student, president of the Honor Society. I got into Stanford, graduated from Stanford, went to right out of school, uh, 
I went to work for my father. I hated it and quit after three months. <laughs> Found myself in the world with nothing. What am I going to do? And all I knew was I was expected to be a business guy. So I started and grew six businesses, uh, did type A workaholic entrepreneur and almost killed myself. Mm. You know, the outside looked successful and all the trappings and stuff and money and airplane and blah, blah, you know, 50 yard line football seats and stuff. But I knew, but I wasn't happy and I just wanted to be happy again. And um, a very persistent salesman who used to call me once a week kept telling me, you got to take this training. You got to do it. You got to do it. And it was back in the seventies, LifeSpring. So back then, LifeSpring and Est, which is now Landmark Forum, uh, were becoming very popular. And uh, I was super resistant, but I took the LifeSpring training. And it was unlike anything I'd ever experienced. It was, to me, education the way education should be, experiential learning, mm. which has become my forte. And I would say it's yours, too. It's yes. Experiential learning. You don't read and theorize and just talk and stay up here. You got to get your whole system involved. Right. And that was my first introduction to that, uh, although it's sort of like what I got in Boy Scouts because <laughs> um, we were outdoors a lot. And, um, you know, I worked at LifeSpring for three years and there were there was a group of us they called the Love and Light Group. <laughs> LifeSpring got very big, international. And there was a, a group of us, five of us, whose trainings had mystical stuff happening, you know, healings happening. and. I can tell you stuff that I, I wouldn't have never believed. Like I, I've seen somebody levitate. I've seen, I, I've seen through solid objects. I've seen somebody's black, white hair turned to black uh, in like minutes. I On and on stuff. I've seen a quadriplegic get out of a wheelchair and walk. So, and I knew it wasn't me doing it because I didn't know how to do it, but it was happening in this experience we created and the environment we created. And I wanted to know more about it. And the, uh, uh, the the president of the company told us, don't you ever use the word spirit in my training again. So I quit. <laughs> uh -huh. I don't I don't know what this is, but it's something the direction I'm going. I got to find out what this is. Yeah. Nothing else is interesting to me, you know. And, um, and so that's been my direction, you know, that spiritual study ever since. I think anybody who does personal growth, if they keep going, you're going to end up in some level of spiritual study in some form. And that's just where it goes. If you want more, it's, you know. So that's that's been you know my north star. But along the way, um, I think the most challenging thing on planet Earth is head in the stars, feet in the ground. How do you keep your how do you know? Because what's what's enduring and valuable is invisible. You know, right. it's the experience, it's the joy, the happiness, the freedom, the peace, the this stuff. It's not contained in more money or a bigger house or you know longer vacation or that's not there. Right. And but that's where most people look. And I, I saw that early on. OK, well, how do I do that then? How do I still have these joyful, inner fun experiences and function here? You know, I, how do I pay my bills? How do I get, you know, keep my kids in school? How do I brush my teeth? How do I, you know, and um, I think that's a challenge. I think it's, a you know, and so in my search for that, I you know, I started expanding my work into business. I. Because I had the business background in the personal growth work back in the 70s, 80s, people would say, can you do this with my business? And for years, I said, no, that's the world I left. I just don't want to go back there. And then one day I realized, well, they're people, too. I know how to work with people. 
So let's try it. And then my work went into, you know, organizations, businesses, international, 101 countries. I mean, it's been amazing. That and, whole another story is there, but. Uh, well, so you took, so you took all of, so you took all of the learning that you had done yourself and you literally created a business out of it, guiding people into their own wild of life, if you may. Mm-hmm. Yeah. really diving into who they are. And then you did a lot of leadership work with them. Yeah, they got no, they call it leadership, but some companies, you know, whatever they'd, when I would interview them, they were interviewing me, but I also told them, I'm interviewing you. This got to work you know, for both yes. of them. Yes, yes. And I would listen for, you know, where's the pain? Uh, um, yeah, I, that's my word, but they wouldn't say our pain is, but you know, right. what's the, what's the issue? What's the problem? What's the adversity? What isn't working? And then I'd use their language. And so somehow I got a name for leadership trainings, but some of them would say, you know, we have a communication problem. Our teams don't function well together. Okay, team building, you know. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we got, we've had three uh, deaths in our factory in the last year, and we got a real safety problem. Okay, safety training. <laughs> <You know? Right. laughs> I didn't care what they called it. I'm going to do the same thing. I mean, I work with athletes, and, you know, and so that's athletics. I'm going to do the same thing. How do you become a high functioning human being, you know, and, and then as a group, how do you do that? I know how to do that. I know how to, I know how to set up for people to learn how to do that. And then, you know, then off they go. So you, so you literally would take them into, which is, this is the part that I freaking love. You literally would take them on rafting trips. You would take them into the wild. You would take them into the mountains and you mm-hmm. would work with them for how long? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it matured. It, it, it evolved that way. Like I was the director of trainings for a public company, general public training company called Insight Seminars. And part of my job was to, to you know, quality control, but design seminars, train trainers. And we, we had a series. We matured people through a series of seminars, those who wanted to go. And then, what, you know, what's next? <laughs> right. So I, I designed a 90 day wilderness trip, uh, a leadership training. And as part of that, I did a ropes course outdoors. And I'm told I'm the first one to do this. I don't know if that's true or not, but this is back there a ways. <laughs> and it was so powerful. Uh, and then, you know, what's next? And I, as a kid, I grew up in Oregon and was in Boy Scouts. The thing I loved was outdoors camping. <laughs> and we, our, our scout leader was a, a woodsman, a lumberman. And so he knew how to do all kinds of stuff outdoors. And that was what was fun. He'd build rope, we'd build towers and what they now call zip lines and, you know, and so I I remembered that and I thought, okay, next course, we got to do a wilderness trip. And so I put together this 10-day um mountaineering and whitewater rafting. And I looked around, you know, including South America, Europe, Russia, where can I do this? And I settled on Idaho, uh, north central Idaho. And um very special, you know, as you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and just getting people outside out of their comfort zone is is so huge. Yeah. So so when I was reading, um, you called this inside out leadership. Mm-hmm. And tell us a little bit more about what inside out leadership is. I, as we were talking prior to, I totally relate to this. How would you define it? Most people are looking out there. You know, I call it the when then syndrome. If I just had more money, if I just had more time, if I just had a good relationship, if I had the corner office, if I had, you know, when I have the title or when I have the degree, you know, the when then syndrome. And they think the solution is something out there, but it's not. 
the work's got to be done inside. Yeah. And, you know, the, the way I present it is, you know, most people think if I just have something external, then I'll be doing what I want and then I'll be happy or peaceful or joyful or successful or whatever. That's just exactly backwards. You know, you got to find the peace inside. Now, who are you? Like the essence, who are you essentially? Who, who are you? You know, you're not this body. You're not your thoughts. You're not your mind. You're not your emotions. That's not who you are. You're not what you do. You're not your title. You're, you're not the job. You're not, you know, that's not who you are. So who are you? And, you know, and why are you here? What's this about? You know, these big existential questions. So I think it's got to, you got to connect there. And out of that will flow. So then it's it's be, do, have instead of have to be. Who am I? And develop the connection with my beingness. And out of that's going to flow naturally who I am and the activity. And I'll have whatever I need to, to support that. And, well, do you think that people, do you think that people have lost along the way what their definition of success is? Do you think? Oh, yeah. People- well, I, yeah, did they lo- the, yes, they've lost it. And how did they ever have it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is one of the conversations I have, especially with this business people. How are you measuring success? Because everybody says, I want to be successful. But they haven't looked at what you just asked. Like, like, how do I know I'm successful? And well, most of them, they, they, you know, especially in our Western culture, this isn't true all over the world. You go to indigenous populations, that's not how it is there. But, you know, the Western educated population that's worshipped this brain mind. And, you know, when I was in school, nobody taught me about intuition. If they said anything, they said, well, women are intuitive and men aren't. That was about it. You know, it's like, but there's more. We now know there's more intelligence in the gut and in and, and the heart than there is in the brain. There's more synapses. There's more, you know, so if we can connect with that, we can get much better answers and direction. So, well, you know, that's inside out, like, like, let, okay, let's go here. Right. So, you know, when I was in, I, my dad was a successful businessman. My grandfather was, I grew, I was the last male in the family line and growing up expecting that's what I would do. So I, you know, I went to school, I studied economics and finance and got out and went down that path and my brain worked okay and I could do it, but it wasn't me. Right. And I was miserable, you know, but didn't want to admit it. Well, I, there's a lot of people like that. <laughs> they, the you know, education, the word education, for example, educare is Latin. It means to call forth from within. Mm-hmm. And yet most of our schooling was, you know, read this, memorize this, take notes on the lecture. It was outside in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I realized that's backwards. It should mm-hmm. be inside out. Yeah. And and so the, you know, true education is the recognition that it, you already have access to it. It's inside. You know, I, I bet you, I'm sure you've had this, but oh. it, it's where all of a sudden I, you know, I've spoken in front of the biggest crowd was, I think, 25,000 people. And I have no idea what I'm going to do when I walk on stage. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it happened by accident. I you love know? you. But, and that's I, it worked so well. I've done it that this was 25 years ago. I've done it ever since. I don't plan. Right, right. <laughs> now that now that you know, I got like if something doesn't show up to do, I've got enough in the grab bag. I can pull yes. something out. Yes. And probably yeah. you know, fumble through a little bit. But the best stuff, it just it's you know, good songwriters. I mean, David Crosby just died. 
And yet Crosby, Stills, Nash, and yeah, yeah. if you know them. So yeah. oh, I, I was oh, in a yeah. band back in the 60s. David Crosby was the light man at the Troubadour when we were playing there. So oh. I've I've known of him, followed his career, you know, crossed paths a few times through our lives. And when he died, I, I wanted to, you know, I thought, oh, David, okay. He was an obnoxious, arrogant little brat, you know, back then. <laughs> But super talented and mellowed a lot over the years and got very wise. So, you know, I, I, when he died, I wanted to, you know, you know, I, I don't know. So I started watching interviews. This has been the last couple of days. He ended up super wise, uh, compassionate, soft. I mean, he was he, his journey through life led him to a really good place. And it was a rough journey. You know, he, he was in prison, had heart attacks, liver replacement, stents. Uh, you know, I mean, a tough time. The band tossed him out. I mean, he ended, but he ended up really mellow, a very, very kind, wise, compassionate, forgiving man. And so I, you know, I'm watching these interviews. What I think of this? What were we talking about? What we were we were talking Inside about? Inside out. Inside out. Yeah. Yeah. So here's somebody who wanted fame. I remember him at the Troubadour. He he'd get up on stage on the open stage days and try to dominate and look at me, look at me, and, you know, I wanted to be a star. Well, he became a star, but more importantly, he became a good human. Like like what I watched, you know, through these interviews, his last few years, it was all inner, you know. What what he had to, to say mattered because it wasn't look at me or how good I've become or look what I accomplished or Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It was, you know, yeah, I was really, a, I was an asshole. I'm so sorry. I've, I've asked for forgiveness. I've tried to be a better person uh you know i don't know if i have or not but i mean he was it was really moving i thought yeah but it was in there so that's where you got to start inside who am i why am i here well and so when i'm taking people into the canyon or into into alaska we do uh kayaking next to glaciers in alaska mm. san juan mountains i'm doing a really cool retreat uh down the green river actually coming up um in May with Michelle Mace, Kieran, which I love her work too. She's all about leadership and uh, mm -hmm. first female um, lead in uh, the Thunderbirds. And mm -hmm. I know, super cool. The, the Superbird flying people? Thunderbirds, yeah. Thunderbird flying the, people. The flight, yeah. yeah the yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> so I got a story about then. I hit the detour. Get you oh, no, there. detour yeah. away. <laughs> it's I awesome. was in a band in the 60s. And, um we were performing at, uh, they used to have hydroplane races at Coeur d'Alene, Idaho Lake. Uh-huh. And we were playing there one spring vacation, and the Thunderbirds were uh, performing. Uh -huh. And we went out to dinner with them a, a night before their, our performance and theirs. Got sloppy drunk. I mean, staggering. They had to pot, pour one of the pilots into the car to get him back to the hotel. And they were up doing these precision formations the next day. <laughs> i gotta say my brother's a pilot too so i do yeah. <laughs> i've heard a lot of stories uh. i've heard a lot of stories it's very funny so anyway thunderbirds what, yeah what so, so so uh the the, the my what i was going to say is that i find that our greatest classroom to and this is what you and i were talking about prior to this and I tell all my clients this, our greatest classroom is not indoors. Our greatest classroom mm -hmm. is doing that inner work to finding that personal leadership to heal, to grow, to all that personal development. Because so much of it is healing too. People don't even realize that. It's about mm -hmm. facing the things that have scared us in our past and are scaring us in the present, which by the mm -hmm. way, I read 
here's another little thing, like a little out, little uh, uh, pivot. I read something that you said, and you said that you don't consciously have fear, which I get that. Uh, the the place though to find that inner work and to do that inner work, I find the greatest classroom is outside. Like go out into nature, go out into the wilds, push yourself to get onto that trailer, to climb that mountain or to do something that you didn't haven't done before. Mm-hmm. The, you know, you and I were talking about this. I mean, the fear, if I get off trail, yeah. bring you back to the fear. I know. I know. <laughs> I love how our brains work because this, <laughs> we're on that same. Yeah. Well, it's associations. Oh yeah. That, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, you know, we were talking about this, the, the model I work with is the comfort zone. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I'm the guy who developed it the way most people present it. You know, and you, you said your father worked for IBM. My so the origination of that phrase was out of a study of IBM salesmen. And I read the it study. It could have been. It could have been. Yeah, I I first heard, I don't know when the study was done, but I, I read it in the 70s. And anyway, it I I it it was presented. They were they found out salesmen would tend to perform in a certain range. So let's say it's they they you know they'd make fifty thousand to a hundred thousand a month, let's say. Right. And every once in a while they would exceed that hundred thousand. They would pop way above it, but they wouldn't stay there. They'd drop back down. Same thing on the lower end. They'd have a bad month and they'd pull themselves back up. And and IBM was trying to figure out how do we raise that whole zone? And they, out of that, that I'll shorten it, but they found everybody's got a self-image, you know, a self-belief about who they are. And and when they get up here at this high end, that's not me. You know, I'm not the guy who drives a Mercedes. I have a Chevy, you know, (laughs) and they felt so uncomfortable when they entered this unfamiliar area uh, around people and things that were unfamiliar to them. They would sabotage unconsciously, sabotage, bring themselves back down. Same thing on the lower end. You know, that's not me. I I got bills to pay and I'm not, you know, an underperformer. I got to come. So but there was a zone. Well, I saw that and I thought the zone isn't upper and lower. It's 360 degrees around me. It's everywhere. And what defines that limit? And, you know, and how do I, where do I, I so I, I started seeing that, you know, it all it's, this is how people learn is you got to go to the edge of that perceived limitation and beyond it, you know, in, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, whatever it is. And, and um, so I, I got a two hour talk up online about this, so I'm really shortening it, but but it's so all my work was to take people to the edge of their comfort zone, like to, where it's uncomfortable and then support them past it. That's what you're doing. Which yeah. I, I I just to be sitting here with you having this conversation is mm-hmm. is the coolest thing ever, because absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think about that when I'm on my own personal trips or when I'm guiding or mm-hmm. whatever it is. It's like I literally in my mind have this vision right exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about that i had no idea though until today that that was you that created that so thank you yeah well <laughs> the, the comfort zone i name didn't come for me it was that study right. but right. i just saw it as a personal growth and educational model and so it's <laughs> what i do and so you know and it could be anything it's like for years i did five-day seminars in a, in a room so how do i what can i do that's uncomfortable there well there's exercises you can do and stuff but it could be as simple as take off your watch and don't wear it for five days right you know it didn't have to be big threatening but it's unfamiliar you got to take them into some place where it's unknown and unfamiliar to them in in all ways well you know to the point where i started taking business people outdoors (laughs) 
my my business leadership trainings I do in retreat. Not I mean it's not always to start, but as quick as I can, I get them someplace. I get them in an environment that's associated with holiday and vacation. It's not in a conference room around tables taking notes with computers or pencil and paper or anything. I don't seat them in rows. You know, when I'm in the room, I put them in an arc or a circle. I, 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 I way back then, I would just got to do it unfamiliar. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'd have ground rules. I do stuff and I've been in plenty of business trainings. It's boring from, you know, they don't want to be there. And so anyway, I started doing these in retreat and I would pick the retreat thing. So I'd, I'd go to a resort area and I didn't want it to be one of these beach resorts that can handle a thousand people that people have been to over and over. I would pick these boutique resorts that were absolutely high end and beautiful. Like a, it was a real treat. Right. And I had to have nature around someplace and I'd go out and build a ropes course, you know, and what events I'd use depended on what the group was working with. So, you know, I'd always have something with perceived high risk. So I want them off the ground 30 feet or more. Wow. You know, if I've got a, if I, you know, and I like a typical one, when it'd be a, you know, there, now these are everywhere. They're all around the world, literally. And they're, I call it Disneyland. It's just yeah. rides like a zip line. It's a ride they go on. To me, it's a great tool for learning. It's not just this thrill ride, you know. So, you know, for example, we 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 have them climb up a rope ladder 30 feet, stand on this teeny perch that's smaller than their feet or a limb we've sawed off or something and have them leap for a ring that doesn't look like they can get to it. And But they can. You know, we always test it. And if I can do it, someone can do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when I've got a CEO, president, senior vice president, some guy has got a title, making really good money, 30 feet off the ground at little perch. The work I can do with them is very different than I can do in a classroom. <laughs> yes. Well, because that, it is your classroom. It, it is. Yeah. I mean, but indoors in the normal right. way. So I started doing this years ago and I haven't found a better way to learn. Yeah. And, and the changes are dramatic. Uh, you know, people, I, when someone says, what do you do? I don't know how to answer it. But I, do <laughs> I, know the, I do know the result. And here's what it is i have to explain it but give me give me three days with any group of people i mean any group i've worked with israelis and palestinians in the same group or you know outside of our work they're shooting each other you know right but right. give me at least three days and they will be hugging each other with tears in their eyes yeah. at the end of it now all of them probably not all of them but some of them you know? I so get it. I so get it. Because this is when people ask me, well, what happens down there? What happens when you're out there? It's magic. That's all I can say. Like, it's magic. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's 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 coming back to the core, the human of who you are, mm -hmm. and being able to see each other as human mirroring each other through story, because that's, mm -hmm. that's what it is. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's so uh, I call it like, it's up leveling and deepening at the same time mm -hmm. there's this there's this rising that happens of human and then this depth that happens within self yeah. that just corresponds and beautifully comes together to find a lot of curiosity which is also something that is i think we have missed out on along the way like we we seem to miss out on what it is to be curious in this world and in this life yeah, yeah. no i <laughs> It, it's, um, you know, who we naturally are, humans. Now, I, I didn't used to think there was evil in the world, but there are oh, yeah. evil behaviors or something we could label that way. 
But I've met people all over the world, literally 101 countries, and we're more alike than we are different. Mm-hmm. And if you, it doesn't take, it's not hard to find that, you know. I mean, I've done a lot of work in the former Soviet Union in Russia. When, who was it? Was calling them the evil empire, Reagan or somebody. Oh, right. they're some of the most warm, generous people you'd ever want to meet. Heartfelt, uh, you know, you, you got to get through the seriosity. <laughs> right. But that's not hard to do. But anyway, everywhere I've been, there, there are people, you know, we're human beings. We're, we're having the human experience on planet Earth. And it's, everyone's got their challenges. Everyone's, and, and, and wanting very similar things. You know, on I'm, I'm one level, we all want our kids to be taken care of and have a better life, you know. Right. Um, right. We all want some happiness, you know. We all want laughter. We all want, you know, whatever. But it's but all of that, what we really want is inside. How yeah. is it that you've gotten to this place? Did you did you have a moment like an aha? Because for me, I know <clears throat> most of. Uh, well, first of all, kind of backing this up a little bit, when I tell people that I'm I agree, I 101 percent understand the I am not consciously afraid of anything. I really am not either. And and I've gotten to this place where I know when I am pushing it, I know where I'm pushing it a little too far and then I pull mm-hmm. it back. And a part of that is because I also have three sons and, you know, I'm always consciously thinking about them as well. Yeah. Um, how did you, for me, I had this these moments in when I was out in the wild that led me to this place. Did you have those as well? Where did you have your moments, your ahas or your ahs or your awakenings, if I may? Like, Yeah, I've had a number. I'm just finishing a book uh, titled The Call. Mm. <laughs> and um, as I was writing, I, it, originally I interviewed 74 people who were living lives of contribution, purpose, meaning some of them are well-known. They're all well-known in their field, all contributed something of value. And I would focus you know, on, did you receive a call? Did you have a moment? Tell me about yeah. it. Uh, what was the choice you made? What was the adversity? You know, how'd you overcome it? Did I have a moment? I had several um, in that first life spring training I took, and uh, I won't go back into it, but I had some things I couldn't explain. Uh, you know, I had, there was a series of them. I, I mean, I, and I, I, I had superpowers. I mean, I was seeing through solid objects. I would look at somebody, I'd see their energy field and it would give me energy. I found a missing person, uh, you know, for hours, I just, it was unexplainable, and that was a big aha. I've had some other, like that quick. Uh, part of it's the string that goes through the the call book. <laughs> An author, writer, friend of mine, you know, I asked him to look at what I had. It was just going to be a compilation of these stories, and he kept saying, "You got to put more of you in." And over a few years, I kept expanding. He said, "Put your expand your story." I did to where it's only my story now. <laughs> But in that, in there is these aha, these moments, and there have been a few of them. Um, outdoors, um, I, 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 when I was in college, my nickname was Tight Ass. <laughs> I read that. <laughs> I, I was the world's best worrier. I knew I, you know, I literally had bleeding ulcers. I smoked cigarettes. I drank at night to relax. I took aspirin because I had a headache all the time. I mean, I was a, a world-class warrior. I didn't want to do that. And I have, I, I, I eventually saw why I was worrying. And it all had to do with what I was focusing on yeah. completely. 
like the worry was a real experience, but this of my concern wasn't real. I was making it up. What if I lose money? What if I fall off of this? What if, uh, you know, my kids are born deformed? What if, you know, what if there is a food shortage? What if, you know, there's an atomic bomb? I mean, it was, in, you know, all of these negative consequences. And I realized I'm creating all this by what I'm focusing on. What if I focus on something better? What if I focus on, because I'm making it up about some imagined future. What if I imagine a future that's positive? And so I went to work on that. And it wasn't easy, quite honestly, because this old habit of the negative. And um, then I started you know, on one of my wilderness trips, spontaneously, uh, somebody was working with, there was a lot of fear would show up in these trips. It's so unfamiliar to people. We're, we're yeah. We're going through a class four whitewater rapid, and you know, <laughs> even if it's in a boat or or a single kayak, it's the first time I've ever done this. And people, you know, fear comes up. So how do you deal with it? And so I'm trying to teach them what fear is. And I, I don't should I real because I may do some more of my training, so I don't reveal. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.